We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's a live edition of the Casey Laboratory presented by our friends at Emprise Bank. Every day of the week, every hour of the day, just like football, Emprise is always there for you. And with mobile banking, you can pay your bills or transfer funds anytime you need. Emprise Bank, member FDIC, our partner in Possible. Very appreciative of them, all they've done here for KC Sports Network. Really have enjoyed partnering with them for sure. So uh, really appreciate them and really appreciate my pals that I'm talking with right now. First, find them on Twitter at Chief of Carolina. Maddie Lane, hello. What is good? How are we? Uh, I'm doing well. Something that I found just generally funny because I don't really have a fun intro planned right now. So this was just kind of random. Uh, Not a single one of us are wearing a KCSN shirt right now. And I don't believe that has happened before. Oh, this no. hasn't happened. I, like not a I single needed, one like... of us. None of us are branded right now, and this is just funny to me because a couple weeks ago, uh, BJ and I were called out for living in KCS and year, and then <laughs> now none of us on this on the show have anything going on right now. So uh, we can restart this, and we can all go change. Or, <laughs> I, I don't know what we do from here, Craig. Also, Craig, yeah, I... you're looking very nice. I, I we gotta just, we just gotta say it. You look very nice right now, buddy. Yeah, sure, sure. Yes, the beard is gone. For you not not watching the YouTube video, I it's it's weird. My my children were were appalled, but you know <laughs> it it is what it is. So uh, yeah, let's get into talking about the Chiefs real, after the bye. Here we're, we're we're coming off of the bye. Chiefs still have a one game lead <laughs> on the entire division. This time is- out, time out, Craig. Time out, Craig. We got to get someone calling you Mister Clean. Uh, but I really need to know. Uh, shout out Paul DeSantis for that one. Are you willing to tell people why you don't have a beard right now? I, it's not relevant. It's really not relevant. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Anyway, Chiefs have a one-game lead on everybody in their division. Coming up through the AFC ranks. The AFC broke almost fully the way that the Chiefs would have wanted it to go this past weekend, short of the division losing a bunch of games but honestly despite the Chiefs not playing it was a pretty good weekend for the Chiefs right Ken? yeah it really was and there's a lot to unpack with with how things are looking out for the Chiefs uh both short term both in division and 
you know, long-term with, with, with the one seed. So, you know, we want to unpack a little bit about, about that today. So um, I think we need to start with this and I, Craig, this is something I know you really want to talk to, because this is a really pivotal three game stretch here um, with, with the division and, you know, the, the three straight divisional games against three different divisional opponents. And, you know, if they come out of this stretch unscathed, looking pretty, looking pretty good for their prospects for the division, right, Craig? Oh, yeah. Basically, if they win these next three, they set themselves up with about a 90 plus percent chance of winning wow. the division, making the playoffs, being a top four seed in the playoffs. Something that I think we all would have really loved, you know, probably five, six, seven weeks ago. Um, and the way that it's playing out, it's actually really perfect for the Chiefs from a divisional standpoint. It's because the Chiefs get to play these three divisional opponents here. Each one of the divisional opponents, if the Chiefs win these three games, cannot lose again outside of the Chiefs game and still be able to hang with the Chiefs. Wow. Like it's stacked in a way that they have to be perfect outside of the Chiefs. The Broncos and the Chargers both have the Bengals on the schedule. So do the Chiefs for that matter. But I mean, uh, Chiefs, if they win these next three, get a little cushion there. And then the Raiders have the Cardinals on the schedule. These are hot teams right now. Really tough opponents coming up. I I just sit here and I look at what these teams have. I'm sorry, I said Cardinals. Colts. Sorry about that, guys. Colts. Raiders <laughs> have the Colts. I'm listen. It's it's gone. Um, <laughs> those are your facial they, hair. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it, it's set up really nice because. On top of all of that, each one of these teams plays each other still. So uh, you're not going to have multiple teams running through here perfect. You're not going to rack up a whole bunch of losses. Matter of fact, the division could kind of cherry pick games off of each other from now to the end of the year. The Chiefs winning these three games almost assuredly guarantees them a divisional lead. They're going to be ahead of all of these tiebreakers that we all expect that they might get to if they if they did lose a couple games and it gives them that cushion in case they do drop one Steelers Bengals, maybe one of the division games, you've got the cushion. So because everything's set up here and the chiefs still came out of the bye, a game ahead, it's perfect. If they just handle business in the next three weeks. It's, it's strange. Uh, I like the NFL's done. They've shifted a lot of these divisional games to the back half of the season for everybody, not just the chiefs. It does seem like this year specifically for the chiefs, it lines up really well. I mean, you have four of their last six games are within the division. It's all really tight right now. So it makes it real simple to kind of sort it all out. I do like how the NFL's kind of adjusted to that over these last few seasons, but for the chiefs in particular, yeah, I mean, there's a three game stretch to kick off December that essentially makes or breaks the entire year for them. And quite frankly, for the other teams in the division, if the Chargers end up losing another game or losing this game to the Chiefs, that's going to really hurt their case. Although being two two and one in the conference already, they are probably still the likely second most likely team to win the AFC West because they have that win over the Chiefs already. Like just each one of these games for the Chiefs and for the opponent have such a big just uh, deciding factor on the rest of the year. And they all come back to back to back for the Chiefs out of the bye week. It's just a fun way to be a fan, to know you have these three big rivalry games coming up back to back to back weeks. And as soon as they're done, as soon as they're over, you're going to have a pretty good idea of where the Chiefs sit in the pecking order mm -hmm. of the AFC West, whether it's at the top, in the middle, or somewhere else. Like Everybody's so close that each one of these games is actively going to matter. Now, like Craig said, 
the Chiefs can't afford to lose one of these games. Probably not the Chargers game. That would be the worst Probably one not, to no. lose of the mm-hmm. bunch. But mm-hmm. they have they can afford the ability to lose to the Raiders or the Broncos and still be in the mix. And because everything's lumped in here at the end of the season, that's really going to help. But it would be really nice to see them come out of this bye week with a three-game win streak. If you have to lose a game, you don't have to. But if you do have to, make sure it's one of those AFC North games. We don't just don't <laughs> lose one of these divisional games right off the bat. And that'll make just everything look real pretty for the Chiefs coming up. Yeah, I, I like what you kind of said about, you know, these are these are tests. Like, you know, I, the Chiefs have played a lot of games this year against the top shelf teams in the AFC. And we're going to talk a little bit about them here in a second. But, you know, the Chiefs have played those top tier teams and those top tier teams have kind of started to fall by the wayside a little bit uh, in recent memory. But, you know, I would consider these teams that they're playing a little a tier below. I don't think any of the teams that they're playing in the, in the division are, a, are, are, are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. But they're good football teams. These are all teams with a, above 500 records sitting right now. And it's a big test for this group to run through these three teams. Um, you know, it, it's 12 days. It's like a 12-day span, 11, 12 days that they're going to be playing these three games because the the final game there, the Chargers game on the road against the Chargers is the Thursday night football game. So this is a really big 12 days coming up starting on December 5th for the Chiefs. Um, and, you know, Maddie, I think you kind of talked a little bit about this, you know, earlier, you know, getting to see a, a Fangio defense, getting to see Brandon Staley's defense again, and who knows what the Raiders are going to do. You know, some of the question marks that I you know what had. they're going to do. Hold on. Yeah, no, they're no, going to the play cover three. <laughs> they're going to play cover three. I don't know. They're going to play cover three. I, I don't know if they can do that again. <laughs> I really don't. Um, especially, you know, we'll see what happens against the Broncos too. But, I mean, you kind of talked about, you know, this three weeks could be a really big test for, you know, in division, you know, all, all those narratives. But also just kind of talking about, you know, some of the way defenses have been playing the Chiefs. This little stretch here could be really helpful in, uh, in in learning a little bit about if this team self scouted well enough in the in the bye week and, and we're able to come up with some solutions to some of the problems they've been having. Yeah, and I don't know if it's a good thing that you're getting that test. It's good it's coming out of the bye week, but I don't know if it's a good thing that it's going to come against two divisional opponents out of these first three weeks out of the bye week. You'd probably rather play a team like the Rams or the Packers again, these other teams in the NFC that base out of the two high stuff because you don't want to just come out have to change these things about your offense to beat a specific defense and have the risks be so high, like we've been talking about. I mean, the risk-reward for winning these games is so high for both teams. So, yeah, it's going to be good. At the end of it, you'll know where the Chiefs' offense, if they've taken strides, if they haven't. You are getting two of the most complicated, complex, and kind of guys that started this too high, rolling one safety down at the snap defensive structure, you're going to play them in the Chargers. You're going to play them in the Broncos coming right here. You're going to have a good idea if this Chiefs defense has figured out what to do against it or not. It's just crazy that this defense that hadn't been used against the Chiefs for Patrick Mahomes three seasons now, these past three years, hasn't been used to stop them. All of a sudden, you have two guys that would be writing the book about this exact style of defense. Both happen to be in this division. And there was nothing really saying that that's what you were going to have success against the Chiefs with last year. I mean, yeah, the Broncos played the Chiefs relatively well but I don't think it was and nobody ever pinpointed the structure of the defense it was the pass rush it was actually getting a couple nice confusing plays off that confused Mahomes to hold the ball and take bad sacks all of a sudden now though four times a year you were going to play the guys that own this system every single season the Chiefs are going to have to learn how to beat it because they're it's not going away from them they're never going to get away from it in this division 
and it's it's not going away from anybody right now. The Chiefs aren't the only team in the NFL dealing with it and struggling oh, with it, but <laughs> but <laughs> they got to be the ones to solve it because that's what they're going to see. Like Maddie said, you're going to see it four times a year. If there's anybody that's going to solve it, it's going to be Andy Reid, and it's going to be off of a bye. And it, it really has set up kind of nicely. I do like that it's the Broncos first out of here. Not that Broncos are a bad team by any means. I, I love their weapons. I think their defense is very sound and well coached and all of this stuff, but I'm not as threatened by the Broncos putting up big points. I I just think that they're not a team that's going to come out. They're going to score in bunches and really hang a bunch of points on this chiefs defense. So that gives the chiefs offense a chance to tinker a little bit more and try and find ways to beat this defense and find ways to beat this too high rolling structure that we've seen become so popular this season. So I'm very excited to see this game because I think, and I think that that's why the NFL is flexing it up here. I, I really do. I think it's an important game for the division, obviously, because you know Broncos are just one game back. They have a winning record and it's going up against something that has been Patrick Mahomes' kryptonite. If you see him figure this out on primetime, Sunday night football, now all of a sudden the hype train that, frankly, has been building for the past three or four weeks for this Chiefs team, despite how they're playing, it's going to go off the rails. Like, it's going to be, oh, the Chiefs figured it out. Oh, they're fixed. Oh, look out. They're the team in the AFC. You're not stopping them, especially if the defense plays well again. So I'm really, really anticipating this matchup to see the way it goes because it it will be kind of an inflection point for this season. Can they beat this defense? Can they beat the things that NFL defensive coordinators have thrown at them this season and confused them with this season? Can they find a way to basically get out in front of it and win? It's going to be an interesting. It's interesting that they're playing the Broncos, uh, you know, right after the bye week because they haven't played them yet. And so they're, you know, it's going to be interesting what Vic Fangio has had cooking for the Chiefs this entire offseason. You know, there's they, 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 you know, they do a lot of, you know, in in the, in the summertime, in, in the offseason, they're doing a lot of work on the divisional opponents. This is where teams spend a lot of their time. They focus a lot of their time, you know, take care of the first things first, take care of your division, make sure you're dominating the division. How are you going to play teams? So, you know, I think Vic Fangio, it's going to be interesting to see how he, you know, I don't think they're going to shy away from their principles necessarily, but I just think it's it's always interesting to see if there's any wrinkles that, you know, the Broncos might throw at them that the Chiefs haven't seen yet because this is their first exposure to that. Now, all that being said, we're going to preview the entire Broncos game later in the week for sure, obviously, with the uh, the Casey Laboratory Wednesday night, Thursday morning show uh, that you will be able to find here on KC Sports Network. But the Chiefs are 10-point favorites. Just so you know, <laughs> they're 10 point favorites at home. Damn. And before we move off the division, I, I want you guys to give me who is which one of these three games do you think the Chiefs are most likely to lose? And which game would you prefer them to lose if they had to lose one? So give me the one that you would prefer them to lose. I, I assume we would all pick the Raiders since they already beat oh. the ones. I feel like that's the no brainer. Yes. Raiders is the one the I would prefer to lose because I think but they're we, falling off the rails. I, I would no. prefer never to lose to the Raiders. So <laughs> I I I hate that. Um Math, I, not I'll, pride. Math, not I'll, pride. <laughs> I'll go Broncos because you can still spin around and beat them in week 18. That's right. Now, which game do you think they would be most likely to lose? Which team is best equipped I, to beat them? 
I still think it's the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, Justin Justin Herbert's been off. Don't get me wrong. That offense looks like a shell of what it did early this season, but so does the Chiefs offense, frankly, right now. I Every offense the thing, in the NFL. Yeah, I, it really is. I believe <laughs> The Chargers offense issue is they run the, the broken Drew Brees offense with Justin <laughs> Herbert, a guy that can actually throw the football more than five yards, and yet they yeah. are insistent on throwing wide receiver screen after wide receiver screen. Yep. But alas, Kent. Who's most likely to be the Chiefs? Yeah, it's the Chargers. Thursday night, road game, short week, all that good stuff. I, I mean, I think they're the team that can, you know, that has the best chance of doing it. And I mean, the Chiefs shouldn't have lost that game. You know, I mean, that's the story of the Chiefs season for, except for two losses that they have is, you know, half their losses are games they shouldn't have, Ravens and Chargers. We keep pointing back to those. We pointed those back, back to both of these. But um, I think, I think, I think I think it's the Chargers hands down is is the team that can actually do it. Um there speaking of things that can actually be done. Um I've got an article going up on the KCSN Substack tomorrow kind of really going a lot of in depth on the Chiefs one seed odds. Uh it's bizarre that we're talking about it and we talked a little <laughs> bit about it this 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 uh this last um you know this last week a little bit too but um you know the, the the Chiefs have a have a chance if they if they're able to run the table, they really do. It, that's a legitimate opportunity for them to do it if they run the table. But I think it kind of speaks to what they're going up against the AFC, and we want to talk a little bit about the contenders, the legitimate contenders in the AFC. Just have a little bit of discussion, discourse, you know, about the teams that the Chiefs are kind of kind of looking up at a little bit because they've tied with most or because they've lost and they're, they're going to lose the tiebreaker with most because they've already lost to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll start here. We'll start with the team that's in first place by God's grace. The Baltimore Ravens are eight and three somehow. I don't understand exactly how, but they are. It took a Justin Tucker field goal uh, of epic proportions against the Detroit lions. Yes. That Detroit lions the kneecap-eating, winless Detroit Lions. It took a Clyde Edwards-Alaire fumble. Uh, I mean, a, 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 just a giant amount of 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 a grain of salt on that eight and three record. Maddie, what do you think about this football team? I think this is the worst Baltimore Ravens team that they've had over the past three years, probably longer. And I said that to start the year. And yet here we are uh, almost three quarters away through the season and they are the first place team in the AFC. They've been outplayed or played to as a complete equal numerous times. And yet they still find ways to win because it's an excellent coaching staff. They can win ugly when everything clicks. They can put together a nice looking game from start to finish. They've done it this year. It's just not as frequent as some of the other teams. And it's just through different, it's different avenues for them to get there. So I don't think they don't scare me as a team. If as a Chiefs fan, like I'm not afraid to play the Ravens again. I think the Chiefs should have beat them the first time. It was unfortunate that they didn't. But at the same time, like you got to give credit where credit's due. This is something a Ravens team has always done. They always they win close games year after year. They play, they win the dirty, you know, slugfest game. It's what they do. It's just they're having a lot of them this year. They're point differential. They are the one seed. Their point differential is plus 23. <laughs> plus 23. They are winning these games. And their wins, they are winning by less than an average of three points. Like This is ridiculous. This team 
is not as good as the record says. The problem is they just keep finding ways to win. At what point in time is Bill Parcells' whole thing of you are what your record is true? Because maybe they are just this good. Maybe they just don't lose. They don't know how to lose. Fun fact real quick, the Denver Broncos have a better point differential uh, than the Baltimore Ravens with 32 points. They actually have a better one than the Chiefs, but we're just going to ignore that stat too. Anyway, sorry, Craig. I mean, the only two good teams right now, other than the Chiefs, which we talked about, that they've beaten are the Colts and the Chargers. And that was early in the season. And that was before that. this Colts team is anywhere near the Colts team that it is now. Looking good. The problem that the Ravens have is that the back part of the schedule has done them no favors. They've already lost once to the Bengals. The Bengals are already on their schedule here. They've got two games against the Steelers. And granted, trust bad me, football ben, team. bad football team. Ben Roethlisberger can't throw the ball, but neither could Baker Mayfield last night. And that, it off. Did, that did not stop the Browns from making that a competitive game. The Ravens also have the Packers and the Rams still on their schedule. That's a tough out for them. Yes, they are sitting in the one seed right now. And yes, they will probably win this division. Uh, maybe, you know, Bengals are going to be salty. Bengals are going to be salty. I, I, I maybe stretched a little bit there, but <laughs> tough finish to this. It's not going to surprise me if they drop three games at the end of this season by being the exact same team. Like, yeah. I, I think that they could be the exact same team that they have been, still get into the playoffs, still be a dangerous football team. Don't get me wrong, but it's just such a tough finish to this year. They've got to execute like 80 billion times better than they did against the Browns if they want to keep that one seed from here on out. They might have caught some luck with TJ Watt being on the COVID mm -hmm. list. I mean, like this team just horseshoe. Uh, I, maybe they are the Colts because of the horse. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. Before we move off of this, I'm not okay. odds that the odds that the Chiefs Chiefs catch them to bring it back to the Chiefs. What are the odds? What do you think the odds are that the Chiefs catch them? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I have zero doubt. I don't believe in this team at all. This team. Look at the schedule. Sandwiched between one of the biggest rivalries in the National Football League. The Steelers, their next game. Steelers, their last game. I know they stink. I will not argue that they don't stink. I think they stink. But the fact that those two games are still on the slate and sandwiched between them at the Browns, against the Packers, at the Bengals, against the Rams. Six games. Even if they sweep the Steelers, I don't think there's any chance that they are running through the slate of four games without two losses. I just don't see it. And I think the Chiefs are running the table. There, I said it. I'm very okay. passionate about this one because I think the Ravens are fake good. I I have said that this Ravens team is worse than they have been the last few seasons. <laughs> so I don't know where to go with this. But I don't have the same confidence that Kent does, not because I don't think the Ravens are going to drop a game or two, just the Chiefs have to make up two full games on them, like two full games. To mm -hmm. catch the Ravens, essentially the Chiefs have to not lose unless you think the Ravens are going to completely collapse and they are a middle-of-the-pack team, which I do think they're better than that. I just don't know how good they are. They The Chiefs have to make up two full games. That means the Chiefs can't lose a game the rest of the way. The Ravens have to lose at least twice. I, maybe three times. I'm not even sure yes. at the point in time of the math. Yeah, so I, I don't have a lot of confidence. I 51% I, the Chiefs catch them.
I do think it's it's more likely than a coin flip, but not by much, just because I think the Ravens win ugly. They are happy winning by a field goal. They don't care if they won by a field. They don't care if Justin Tucker had to make a 68-9-yard field goal to beat the Detroit Lions. They won the game. They don't care. The Chiefs, I think, would care that they needed that field goal to beat a bad football team. I think the Rams would care. The Packers would care. The Ravens, they don't care. They're fine winning ugly. The Ravens are losing three games the rest of the year. So the Chiefs could even drop one. I'm just, I have zero belief in that team. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm very passionate about that one. (laughs) Oh, the Uh, New England Patriots. Yeah, that this is the one we're talking about because we really haven't acknowledged their existence for the majority of the year. It's because they don't play. Them. I mean, we don't. We have it, and they're they're coming on strong. The Chiefs don't play them. You know, it's like every other contender that the Chiefs uh, have already played. I mean, they've already played every other contender in the AFC that we'll probably talk about here. But the Patriots are they're a good football team. Um, you know, they've figured out how to win again. Shocking, uh, with and but impressively with a with a rookie quarterback. And I mean, I think Mac Jones, like, I don't think, I, was, I don't think Mac Jones has been like this dynamic tour de force, but I think he's done a really, really good job of taking what defenses have given him. Um, and, you know, he's been really good executing the little things. And that goes a long way when you've got Bill Belichick at your back. So um, this team's playing really good. And uh, they play, they definitely play a factor in this. But again, they have four losses. So they're sitting here with four losses. Atop the, atop the AFC East, though, which I don't think we expected, Craig. Mm-mm, definitely not. I think we all expected the Buffalo Bills to be a little more competent than they have been this season. They are sinking like a rock right now. They really are. So that we'll, we'll shove that team aside. This Patriots team just went, you know, like Maddie was talking about, Baltimore Ravens just find ways to win. This, this Patriots team wins in so many different ways. They win with their defense. They're fine with, you know, going funneling everything through their tight ends, funneling everything through their running backs, getting their wide receivers out and gadget play. Like they find ways to win and take what the defense gives them. That's what Mac Jones is. That's what he's best at. And that's what he's done. Now, haven't played a ton of good teams either, which I mean, which is weird because the Chiefs, you can look back at their schedule and say, wow, this team has played a lot of the competitors like a lot of the teams that are up there in the thick of it right now the the patriots haven't played that many of them i do think that this defense is very good i still don't trust this offense i just don't i want to see them against a good defense uh, you know with mac jones in his current state i i want to see them take care of a good defense i don't know how high you are on the bills defense but they're going to see him twice before the end of the season. I don't know how high you are about the Colts defense, but they're going to see them as well, as well as the Dolphins defense. I feel like that is a group of defenses that can actually give Mac Jones trouble if he's going to see it. So with that being said, I'm going to say that this is a 50, 50. I think that the, I think that the, (laughs) that the Patriots just have so many different ways to win that they are going to hang around. They're going to beat up on the bills. I think that Bill Belichick is going to take care of Josh Allen. And I think it's going to come down to either the Colts or the Dolphins to actually make this team drop a game. And I don't know that I believe in either one of those teams enough to really take care of business. So the funny thing about the Patriots is they're they're kind of similar to the Chiefs. Uh, they, they have played some decent teams. Like they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They played the Dallas yeah. Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints when they still had Jameis Winston, who was a functional quarterback, something they don't have now. 
they lost all of those games. They lost all these games to the good teams they played. Now, where they were competitive in two out of the three, they were not blown. They lost to the Buccaneers by two points. They lost to the Cowboys. That was the overtime game. So they were competitive versus good teams early. I do think what they've done on offense, they figured it out. Mac Jones, uh, he doesn't play the Tom Brady offense. He, you may see some similarities to them in their game, but he's not a one, two, three, get the ball out quickly because you diagnose the defense perfectly pre-snap. He works a lot better off play action and actually throwing the ball deep. I mean, he's got good deep accuracy. He's good with his touch throws. He's not a guy that operates just because he knows exactly what the defense is doing and gets the ball out immediately. I think Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick tried to run the Tom Brady offense because there were some similarities between the two or perceived similarities. They've shifted away from that. I think it's gotten closer to something he feels comfortable with. So he's an adequate quarterback for them, if not good. But again, like the Chiefs, their three-game stretch coming up now. Now there's a bye week mixed in here. So there you is. won't know until the week after the Chiefs, but they get at the Bills, at the Colts, versus the Bills at home. You're going to know a whole lot about the Patriots at the end of this three-game stretch. Not even just who they are as a team, but you're going to know where they fit in the standings in terms of the AFC East, in terms of the AFC as a whole. Again, like there's a lot of parallels between the Patriots and the Chiefs that I see just as the season's going along. I just think they've figured out their offense already, and we're still kind of waiting for the Chiefs to do that. I think the Chiefs' ceiling is significantly higher than this Patriots ones right now. Significantly higher. So I'm going to go... 60% that the Chiefs surpassed the Patriots. I, I don't trust Mac Jones and the Patriots to win as ugly as I trust the Ravens to win right now. I don't I don't know which team I like better, but I trust Lamar Jackson, as odd as this may be, I, I trust Lamar Jackson to win an ugly game before I trust Mac Jones to win an ugly game. Uh, I Again, I think the Chiefs are on the table, so this is going to get really boring for me. But I do think... <laughs> I will just say this though. I think the, I think the Patriots have a very high propensity to drop two games, uh, which would give the Chiefs again more buffer there too. This next three stretch, like here's the thing: the Chiefs. Can, uh, I kind of talk about it. The Chiefs run the table. Let's just say they run the table, and I'm going to keep coming back to this because hashtag run the table. Um, if like the the Bills, if the Chiefs run the table, the Bills and Patriots take care of itself if they split. Then it's done, and we know by th in three weeks. You know, if the Chiefs run the table, like I, I was talking to Craig, like, there's an outside chance that the Chiefs could be the one seed in three weeks. And it's not an unrealistic scenario for it to happen. Honestly, it's like if the if the Patriots and Bills split or if or like or it actually could be like if the Bills beat the if the Bills beat the Patriots next week and then the week after that, the, the Bucks beat the, the Bills. Those two teams are, you know, behind the Chiefs, which is just absurd to think about. But uh, I, I have a pretty high belief that the, that this team's gonna drop one, and, or potentially two. I'm gonna call it like 85 percent that the Chiefs are are gonna wind up climbing. Again, I'm my swag's through the roof. I told you I was gonna be insufferable. The Chiefs went no loss November. I trust they're gonna figure it out. They're running the table, so that's how I'm feeling. We should we should probably talk about the Bills though too here. Well, I mean, let's talk about the Titans real quick. They're bad. They're bad now. Bad. Derek Henry's gone. Right? Like we all just agree. Timeout no, though. Derek Henry, they're a bad football team. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But if we're just going to look in the scope of them potentially getting a favorable opportunity to be the one seed, their schedule is really see, easy. Home against the Jaguars, at the Steelers, home against the Niners, home against the Dolphins, at the Texans. I think they will drop one of these games. 100% think they will drop one of these games. Niners and Dolphins. They dropped two to three of these games. They're a bad yeah. football team without Derek. <laughs> They're Henry. bad football team. Nobody, nobody, I just, nobody look, respects 
the run game anymore, and it's forcing Ryan Tannehill to be a drop-back passer, and he looks like the Ryan Tannehill that everybody knows. I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill wasn't a good wasn't a really good quarterback with Derrick Henry back there. I know this is a big debate in the entire football world, but it's very, 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 very evident. Without Derrick Henry, he's significantly worse. You cannot put this team with the cast of characters on his back to win. Now AJ Brown, injured reserve. Julio Jones, injured reserve. They have nobody. This is a bad team right now. They will lose at least two games, if not three. I don't think they have any shot at the one seed despite having a favorable schedule. 49ers are playing better football than them. Dolphins are playing better than football than them. And heck, over the last two weeks, the Texans are playing better football than them. So, bad football team. You can get mad in the the comment section again, Titans. I I think the Chiefs are 100% catching the Titans. And it's entirely because of that run-pass balance, their ability to lean on Derrick Henry and all of that. Like, if he's still in here... I'm picking the Titans to just basically run the way out, like r- run the table and you're the one seed and you can have it. Tip your but, hat. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, missing Derrick Henry just changes everything about it's, that offense. It's funny. I, I don't want to cite the exact stacks. I don't have it outside my head. But there was a lot of like, even the analytics think that this team is worse without Derrick Henry, which I just find extremely interesting because running backs are pointless when it comes to uh, analytics. Uh, so, I just thought it was, I, I mean, his, the, the EPA is just drastically different without him, which I just, I just find extremely interesting. My only, my only hesitancy is the strength of the schedule with this Titans team and just weird things happen to the, like if Brable, if Brable can, if Brable can beat the Niners and Dolphins. Oh yeah. At home. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like that's good on you, but I, I, and I'm not buying it. I don't think it's going to happen. That's not what I'm saying. It's just, it's such an easy schedule. It is just so easy relative to everybody else. Um, do you want to talk about the Bills and the Bengals a little bit? Oh, absolutely. To... I, th- I think we definitely have to talk about the, the Bills and the Bengals. Okay, let's go, go for the it, Bills Maddie. Then. Go, Bills, go. Yeah, start with the Bills. Uh, Bills, difficult schedule. Patriots, Bucks, a little bit of a downer versus the Panthers. Back to the Patriots. Very difficult schedule. Playing not good football as of late, especially on the offensive side. Tredavious White is now out for the year. I think that's a big that's a big problem for that defense because their other quarterbacks aren't great. So th- they're looking at a hard path. But if you want to be optimistic, if you're a Bills fan and want to be optimistic, you're going to sound a lot like Kent that you just believe they're going to figure it out because it's a good coaching staff. It's an offense that has been good for a good a chunk of period of time. They've shown improvement. The processes are there. You can be homeristic hype about this Buffalo Bills team and them turning it around. It has been, they have proof that they can do it. I need to see it before I believe it. That's how I am with the Chiefs. I would be the same way with the Bills here. Their schedule is very difficult. I would be surprised if the Chiefs do not, I I guess technically they'd be behind the Bills right now if the Bills were ahead of the AFC North or East. Uh, I would be surprised though if the Chiefs don't end up with a better record than the Bills just because of the schedule and they're starting to run into some pretty bad injury luck. Yeah, uh, the Chiefs are going to be ahead of the Bills by the end of the season. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. I think the Patriots are going to win both of these games, and I think they're going to win it with a power run game. Just similar to how the Colts lined up and just ran power and were able to – now, granted, you got Ramondre Stevenson versus Jonathan Taylor. It's it's a big difference there, but I have full confidence that they're going to take advantage of that defense and be able to put some points on the board there. So I think that the chiefs will be atop both them 
and the Patriots, you know, basically making them, uh, what would that be? At least the two seed in this scenario. So I, I'm fairly confident that, that the Bills are going to drop multiple games. So do you think do you think that the Patriots are going to drop one of the Colts, the Dolphins? Who are they dropping one to? Do you know what would be hilarious? Do you know? Hold on, sorry. Dolphins. Okay, so it goes into the final week of the season against the Dolphins. Oh, at the Dolphins. Oh, oh. they already lost their obligatory game to the Dolphins this year, though. I don't know though. I'm just saying because the Dolphins. I'm just saying like, Kevin Harlan are... might be calling both games again. I'm maybe. calling both games. <laughs> I mean, there's Man. like a, like the Dolphins symmetry here. The is get... I would I would never place any money on the Dolphins sweeping the Patriots. The symmetry here is just getting this scenario has it's interesting. I um I'm most scared of the Bills. I said it. I'm most scared of the Bills in the AFC because I think they have the offensive firepower potential. Like I think, and that's the thing. I'm, I'm not, look. If you're, if you're, I'm most scared of, uh, I, I still am most scared of the Bills. Personally, I think they're the team that can really, you know, they can get hot at the right time. They have a lot of talent on both sides of the football. Sure. They've really done a good job with rush with their pass rush. I think you know they got a lot, they got a lot of bodies to throw. And we saw what happened the last time these two teams played. So that's still the team I'm going to be worried about. There's a lot of football. I mean, we've seen. This is a weird year. We've seen a lot of the highs and lows, you know, of all these organizations, all these teams, and everything we're saying right now doesn't mean anything in about four weeks. Yeah. You know, and, I, and that's kind of one I, week. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. So, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I, I still believe in the track record of, of the Bills, and that's the same kind of thing. I, I just, I, I know that the Chiefs' offense has been just awful, but I don't know. I just, I, I, don't want to just deny the existence of the track record we've seen with this organization. Mm-hmm. I'm set up to be disappointed. Maddie, like I know Maddie, you're very much on the opposite end of the spectrum. You need to see them prove it. But man, I just, I don't know. I have a hard time talking. Like if you say like, I know Carrington Harrison on 610 used to say this a lot, like the say it out loud test. I don't think I can bet against Andy Reed coming out of the bye and Patrick Mahomes, the best player of the world, not figuring this out offensively. I know there's issues around them. Don't get me wrong, but like, that's I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put money on two deep safeties completely flummoxing the Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes for over a month of a season. So I, mean, I wouldn't either. So I mean, we've already got one of those knocked out for the Bills. So are you most afraid of the Bills getting the one seed or beating the Chiefs? Yes. No. It's more yeah. that. It's more. It's more. It's more than. It's more than. Like, okay, so this this next, they basically have to drop. I think they really got to drop a game the next three weeks, their next three games, because after that, it's a couple cakewalks, the Falcons and the Jets. Uh, right, yeah, so no, they have a they have a tough four-game stretch with the Patriots, Bucks, Panthers, Patriots. So like, how many of those games do they lose? I think they lose at least one. Right, but and then they lose I could, like just two, I mean, just one, and the Chiefs winning out, like you're saying, means the Chiefs would be yeah. a one seed. If they yeah. lose two, which that's a tough schedule. I mean, the two Patriots games and the Bucks game, losing two is very possible. They're not even close to I'm, being in contention. So, and that's the team you're most scared of. I'm most scared of them. It's it's more about the, the outlook of them in the AFC and oh. the AFC championship. So I... And, I, so beating both. the Chiefs, I, 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 I would agree with beating the Chiefs. I'm I think most the Bills afraid can, of them beating the Chiefs. I'm afraid of them. I'm afraid of them being the Chiefs. Still, I'm afraid of them. I, I still think they could get hot and run the table because this is a very. I think I still believe in this football team, and they just absolutely bopped the Saints. 
I know that wasn't uh, well, saying much because of Trevor Simeon, but well, we time. got a uh, my dark horse, probably favorite to win the AFC one seed team left to still talk about. Yes, Cincinnati Bengals. Let's go, Bengals. Listen, this is what we're looking at. We're gonna do the schedule first. They are currently this. The record is the same as the Chiefs. I actually, I think, if they were atop the AFC North, I think they would have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs as we sit now because of the conference record. They get the Chargers at home, the 49ers at home, have to go to Denver. Big Ravens matchup at home, big, big Chiefs matchup than at the Browns. That that's not a typical there's not a lot of cakewalks, but there's not any teams that people are claiming to be good besides the Ravens and the Chiefs, really. Those are your only two good teams. We've already established that Kent thinks the Ravens are garbage. So it's really just the Bengals versus the Chiefs, and essentially the winner of that game is on the way to the one seed or at least going to have a significant leg up at that point in time if it kind of plays out the way we're thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of challenges for them. Yeah, they do have four losses. They've lost to some bad teams. They've lost to the Bears. They've lost to the Jets. <laughs> but they're competitive in all these games. The only game they didn't they lost by more than one score was a Browns game where they clearly didn't show up. It happens. It's unfortunate. But they're lost to the Bears, three points. They're lost to the Packers, three points. They're lost to the Jets, three points. They've been right there in every other loss. They're putting up points at a ridiculous level. It's explosive plays, not sustained drives, but their offense is scary. The schedule's easy. They have the record right where they need it to be at this point in time. If this team continues to take care of business, which now I just said, they've lost a bad team. So it's not like you can, if the Ravens win ugly and win games, they shouldn't. The Bengals are the opposite. They lose games that they should be winning. Like that's where they are right now. But if that flips down the stretch, this team should be the one seed. Like, there is no chance. The Chiefs can't mess up once, I don't think, and not have the Bengals be the one seed. Even if the Chiefs beat the Bengals, I guess it, it gets a little bit tight, but that's just, that's the team right there. That's the team. Woo. That's a, that's, that's an interesting take. So I, I'll, I'll kind of look at it this way. I think the same, I think the Bengals schedule, I think it compares similarly to where we are with the Chiefs. A lot of hovering around 500 type teams, you know. Niners, Chargers, Broncos. I mean, two of those teams are teams the Chiefs are about to play. Browns. I, and yeah, I, I think I think they're beating the Ravens. I think they're beating the Ravens at home. The only difference between that and I don't I think the difference between their schedule and like kind of like if we're going to compare the Chiefs schedule, which I think the Chiefs schedule is actually e- easier in its totality is because the Chiefs don't have to play the Chiefs. And so I, I think the Bengals, I think the Bengals schedule is a little bit tougher for them personally because i think there is a lot more volatility in this team's performances because you've seen some of these really bad losses i think there's a little bit more volatility in this football team believe it or not against the chiefs that we're about to see coming out of the bye blindly as a complete homer i guess um but i you know like i i think there's i think there's enough tough matchups here that they drop one you know like i i, I could see them i could see them falling in one of these first three games that they got left chargers niners broncos like i could see them pull i could see him dropping one of those very easily um but i i still think they're a good football team and i think what they've done to this point is very impressive mm-hmm. i just think there's a little bit more volatility and i like the chiefs as a team better than i like the Bengals. uh i don't know what to say I, by a pretty good margin i think yeah i mean the Bengals are the team that can mess everything up in the AFC. They really yeah, do. They, especially especially true. as far as the Chiefs are concerned because they play the Ravens, you know, they play the Chiefs, they play two of the Chiefs divisional opponents still. Like this is the team that can come in and wreck stuff and especially if they run the table. Now that being said, I feel like a consistent performer. Like I'm not going to be surprised if Denver comes out 
just plays an even keeled game against a high variance Bengals team and wins that. Like uh, that's not going to surprise me at all. You know, same with same with like the Niners. They come out and they run the ball. They have a very even keel thing. I'm not terribly worried about the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs. If they end up at the one seed, cool. Like I, I'm not. <laughs> I really, I really am. Like I, I'm not terribly worried about it. I'm not terribly worried about going to Cincinnati for an AFC, you know, championship game. We'll obviously see here in a couple of weeks. Get a little bit of a sneak preview there. But I mean, I'm pretty comfortable with the Chiefs if they are in that two seed, just kind of setting up shop at home and handling their business, just like the good people at McAdoodles have done in Kansas City now. Because if you missed it, they have a Lee's Summit, Missouri store opening in summer of 2022. So Kansas City, this is your heads up. You got one coming. It's coming to you. And so you're going to be able to go for all of your tailgate needs, for great customer service, great selection. All of your booze needs are coming to Kansas City and giving you an elite choice and an elite option. And we need more of those elite options. So if you're a franchisee, get a hold of Roger, info at macadoodles.com and get one to you. So just like the Chiefs, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> Get yourself a Mac of Doodles there. Something, something bagel, something, 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 Mac something, something, something awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with the final sentiment there, though, of the Bengals and the Chiefs. That that is the team that I am least scared to play. I just happen to think their path to the one seed, based on what we've seen so far this year, is probably the easiest looking at their schedule and how they put up points. But like I said, they could come out, and Kent said it, they could lose, I think you both, that they could lose a game to any one of these bad football teams, and I wouldn't be shocked. They could also put up 50 against the Chiefs and the Ravens back-to-back weeks, and I also wouldn't be that shocked because yeah. that's simply what they've done this year. It's just their schedule is is the easiest of the bunch of the teams that I don't think are bad looking at you, Tennessee Titans. It's kind of just, I think the thing with the, outside of the Chiefs, it's just like a lot of teams that you're not like expecting them to win, but they could win. And, like, I think that scares me more than, like, getting the Texans and the Jaguars on your schedule. You know, like, that's where I look at it. It's like, I could see the Chargers, Niners, Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, and Browns all beating the Bengals. And if I can see it very easily for one of those teams to pull it off, I don't think they're sweeping them. Like, that's where it you gets You heard me. it here first. Bengals are running the table. <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, helmet stickers or anything? Butt slaps? Good jobs? Uh, okay, yeah. No, let's do it for the bye week. Kent, you're up with a uh, helmet sticker. Uh, all right. <laughs> Who had the best bye week? I, I, <laughs> uh, I want to give a helmet sticker uh, to... Actually, I want to give it to the chat because they've been hilarious today. Um, <laughs> we've got, I don't think it's allowed, but okay. Ma- I, I don't care. Well, are we doing football related? I don't care because this is the bye week. It doesn't matter. Uh, Matthew Kettner just said Craig is great and he's right. Uh, we have Tiger Shark. Tiger Shark's confused about Craig's beard, which I think is just wonderful. There's a lot of people that are confused about Craig's uh, Craig's uh, facial hair. He looks so much younger. He does. He sent us a selfie uh, after he told us the story, and um, it was it didn't look like him. I definitely have it screenshotted and saved, uh, but it did not look like him. All right, uh, butt slapping a good job, Maddie. 
uh, Lucas Niang for getting back to the practice field. And, you know, he's going to be back in the mix now going forward. I think Andrew Wiley has done a good job filling in. I think it's been a lot of up and down, a lot of extra help. But is I don't think Lucas Niang has been perfect to start this year by any means. I don't even know if he's been better than Mike Rimmers was when he was replacing him. But those guys both were playing better than Andrew Wiley has. So I think it's good that he's coming back. It's good to see. It's good to hear. So little butt slap Lucas Niang for getting his rehab on. Lucas Niang, when the, when he's on the field, this offense, 1.82 EPA per play. When he's not, 0.011. Obviously, there are a lot of other factors other than Lucas no, Niang no, no, being don't, on no, the don't field. walk it back. It's not two high coverages that stop the Chiefs. It's, it's, it's the Lucas Niang and the coaching staff preventing Lucas Niang from being on the field. Yeah. yeah. Right tackle so, wins, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, whole ass bottle of vodka going to all of us for making it to the bye week and through the bye week and taking care of each other during Thanksgiving. Football's back, baby, and it's divisional time. This is the fun stuff right here. So uh, looking forward to it. Was I think I saw somebody earlier say divisional December. That's perfect. So let's do it. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, if you have not seen, we are doing a big fundraiser for Operation Breakthrough. We've got a really fun raffle going. Uh, Sola Casey, you can find it on Casey Sports Network social media. You can find a link to get to uh, the Casey Sports Network Venmo to make donations. Twenty dollars gets you into the raffle. Ten uh, you, for a hundred dollars uh, gets you ten entries into the raffle. We've got a lot of great prizes. We've got a Chris Jones autographed jersey. We've got a Patrick Mahomes signed mini helmet. We've got Creed Humphrey gloves. We've got tons of restaurants in Kansas City that have graciously donated gift cards. We have all kinds of prizes. I think there's 17 prizes. Uh, your donation goes a long way. There's plenty of prizes to go around for people that want to participate in this. We would love to have you help support Operation Breakthrough, getting toys to kids in a time where they need some and you know they they need to have a, a special christmas and we're really hoping to help be part of that so go to the venmo casey sports network venmo you can find all the information on our social media please consider uh donating and entering this really fun raffle a lot of good stuff that's going to do it for the casey laboratory live edition thank you so much for watching, listening, wherever you're consuming this. We'll be back later this week. Make sure you're checking everything on KC Sports Network. Until then, we'll catch you later.